had like. Um, Bruv, the booty looks serious. It's all fake. It's all fake. What? Fake bum? Fake bum, fake breasts. And she's got the most annoying accent, but. Yeah. What's her bars like? <laughs> yeah, like. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Right, but she's got this Bodak, this record Bodak Yellow, and it's pretty gassed. Like, I've been gassed to it. But I get gassed off the, 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 the ignorant shit. You love that ignorant shit, man. Course, we got man. that ignorant shit you want. We need that balance. You need the ignorant shit sometimes with the, with the righteous shit, man. You need to keep the yin to the yang. You can't stay righteous and dead prayers and Wu-Tang forever. Sometimes you need, the, you need the turn up. You need the future. Well, talking about some of that ignorant shit, man like pure coke. Jeez. You know what? Before we get into that, we ain't even said cheers yet, bro. What's going on? And I'm stuffing my face with Doritos. Yeah. Cheers, cheers. bro. Cheers. Boom. Episode 11. Episode 11. <sighs> boom, boom, boom. Mm. Yeah, we got a different beverage today as well. Sipping on a young Jack Daniels. Mm. I'm a good, I'm a big Jack Daniels fan. I've been drinking JD and Coke for years, bruv. It's just such an easy combination. It's a great combination. It is, man. I got given so much booze. Um, that's right, listeners. Summer holidays, summer half term, mm. school's out. Been getting overloaded with free alcohol, cards and chocolate from the parents, from the kids. So I bought some booze. So we're celebrating now. I'm officially on holiday. We've got yeah. all my teachers, everyone in education listening. Piss for everyone still having to go to work, but yeah, at least it's summertime, innit? You can, um, you can uh, just take in the sunshine. Episode 11. That's what it is. <clears throat> Keeping the banter flowing. We was just talking about K. Coke, so his brand new mixtape has dropped. Pure Coke, volume four. Uh, Coke man, he's one of these road man rappers that just goes hard with the greasy bars and the dirty beats. And... Um, from Pure Coke Volume 1, it was just all bang, bang, bang. Like, just pure road talk, pure drama, pure ignorance. I absolutely loved it. And has it evolved? Um, I would say from Pure Coke Volume 1 to Volume 4, what you've seen is Coke get a bit more intelligent. Um, it's all those books he was reading in prison. <laughs> then, wasn't he in pretty signed the deal and then he, and then, uh, he signed the deal to Rock Nation? Uh, and then he went to prison for like some attempted murder and some madness. So you always the man with the documentaries. I'm, I'm sure you might have seen that. Well, I watched his NFTR. His NFTR was really good. They're not for the radio on YouTube. It was really interesting because I'll be honest, I'm not not that I'm not a fan of K Coke, but it doesn't really it doesn't do anything for me. That talk, that type of road rap thing. Um, you just said you you love the ignorance, bro. Yeah, but I do like the American ignorance, but the UK bang bang and all of that. It's okay. That is so discriminatory, man. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you like American ignorance, but you just don't like it when it when a British guy. Does. No, no, I don't like it. I just don't like scream out at me. He's alright. He's good. He's sick. I'm not gonna doubt he's. He's, he's alright, but he's not real. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. He's gonna be sending the goons, the Northwest London goons. Oh, sugar. No, man. I'm gonna give it a listen. Um, I've liked his follow this story. Um, I was disappointed with the record that he released with Rock Nation with Wale. I think Wale featured on it and it was a bit of a random feature. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I got a lot of time for what he had to say on the NFTR. I'd be interested to hear it. To be honest, I can't name one record of Pure Coke 1, 2, 3, let alone 4. But Cal, if you say it bangs, all the listeners, if you're into your hardcore 
British rap, not even British rap, road rap is what they're calling it. Did you see that Mike Skinner documentary about don't call it road rap? No, go on, tell us about it, bro. Where Mike Skinner goes around interviewing, um, he interviews uh, Six Seven, he interviews uh, oh, all these guys, all these like road rap guys, innit? And it's the wave, innit? Because it's massive now. Section boys all living together in a house. Um, yeah, ER, who's the guy massive, from ER? Um, like, uh, but where, everything's you, relevant from, I was just from thinking, West London or North West London. Anyway, it's a real interesting, insightful documentary. So it's interesting to see how where gigs and uh, uh, Blade, uh, not Blade, uh, oh, what's his name? Blade Brown, yeah. We're like starting this whole gangster British rap thing like mid-2000s, late, late uh, early 2010s. And now it's blossomed to where it's, it's popping. Mm. So it's good to see that. I didn't like it then. Although I do like Blade Brown, but there's only so much sort of drug hip hop I can take. Um, so where where does where do you draw the line between road rap and then grime? Because I see a lot of like the road rap kind of content in grime, but yeah, well, there seems they, to be quite come... a big distinction between yeah. Well, it's well, a grime's its own genre. Yeah, and road rap inverted commas, if you want to call it that, like is rap music. Uh, from the streets they both come from the kind of like gangster rap basically yeah but, but that term yeah 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 yeah. but specifically in the UK yeah so it's yeah and the road we all know what if you're from the road what that means yeah so obviously the BPM's different but they were talking about the similar things because they're uh, they all come from the street innit it's all road well not everyone not everyone might be certified but it's glamorous to put that in your rhymes mm. and then now where road rap's popping more people try and incorporate the grime tempo but the the slower road rap uh, flow patterns mm. so that's why it's now sort of linking in between one another what's interesting as well is seeing them all collaborate well, yeah because well, years ago they were completely separate, separate scenes yeah, yeah, yeah. weren't they but and now you're seeing people like Coke and Giggs yep. and AJ Tracy Section they're all boys. mixing yeah, up together yeah, yeah. but all they're one. all actually from different which genres. is what it should be man it's a UK we're a small island yeah. and we produce some wicked music innovative music that changes the world. So this is just another wave. But one man who's definitely benefited from this whole crossover rap and grime is Giggs. Mm. Giggs has got a million times better. Yeah. He's got persona now. Yeah. His flow is bananas now. Definitely Wherever, doing a lot better than before. He used to sound like he was freestyling before. Like well, he just sounded like he couldn't He couldn't be bothered and he probably couldn't be bothered because he was like grafting, doing whatever he's doing. But now yeah. he knows with these flow patterns and every record he's got on with everyone... He's destroyed. Like I think he's just got better than them. Like every feature he's been on, the feature with JME, he's got better than him. The Kano tune, destroy Kane. Six seven, well, not hard, but he done them. His verse on Kano tune was hard, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about uh, flow what, patterns are dumb. What so, about with Drake, gigs and Drake? Yeah, you bro. Have you seen the thing? reaction when he goes Bat- uh, Batman? Da, 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 and the whole rave goes mad, and it—that is the most basic line, though. Yeah, but it's gas. Though. It is gas. It is I know, gas. and it's not it's even the best along. line. It's a sing-along thing. Black man, government earner, mm. slap man. But yeah, but the flow is there, like, and it's all the—it's—it's it's, it's all the uh, how his cadence mm. and and the ad libs are mad. But that little bit at the end, and then the beat drops. Like, I think he saw the bigger picture in that record. Maybe he did. He deliberately yeah. didn't spit at that bit, and then the beat just just jumps up and then mm. everyone starts moshing. That was a moment still. Is yeah, shout, bit... shout out to Giggs. I think he's, he's definitely done really well I watched well his recently. documentary thing as well. I think that Link Up did or um, Graham Daly did. One of the two did. And doing the tour around England. And, bruv, he's just in a whole other realm. Bruv. He is, he's but who, who uh, else is in another realm? Is Dot Rotten 
and P Money uh, are really interesting grime rappers. You know, there's a, a history between the two. They kind of came up together in the same crew. And now they started going at each other with a huge war on wax. And I think that's where we want to keep it. Because when you're hearing the disc records, you kind of like to hear that friction. You like that competitive, aggressive element in yeah. rap music. And uh, But this, this kind of sounds deep. It kind of sounds like it might not stay on wax. It might spill out into the streets and get a bit rolled. So you're, well... He's already been beaten up and rushed by them lot a few times. Mm. So if you don't know the history, uh, Dot Rotten, uh, one of the best names in Grime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then P Money were in the OGs from South uh, London. And then Dot Rotten left. And then there's been cla there's been uh, issues over the years where him getting like attacked in Nando's, getting attacked at his studio. Mm. This is Dot Rotten. Mm. Um, He's a bit of a loner, Dot Rotten, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a bit of a bit of a different guy, a bit of a recluse. Um, but you know, amazing, amazing rapper, amazing MC, amazing producer. Produced one of the best grime uh, beats of all time, Bazooka. It'll be playing now as I'm talking because you know we like to do that. But he's he's up there, yeah. Anyway, they're clashing now, and we're gonna be playing the dubs, you know. As, as, as we're talking or little interventions but yeah this is real good for grime because it's got everyone talking it's got people that aren't necessarily into grime see cow you're ne not necessarily bigger like you know grime maybe isn't as, as high up on your agenda say rap is i would say i wasn't into grime back in the day but it's got better it improved and now it's just good music so. yeah it's great music and they're making records but now this clash is real is real good um some people are saying dot rotten's edged it some people they've got saying this uh, neck and neck. Uh, obviously, everyone's got their own opinion. Everyone's got their own uh, views on who they like more. Yeah. If they're neutral, um, bigger our friends. What, what are your views on it? Like, who do you like more? Are you more of a Dot Rotten man or more of a P Money man? Because myself, I like P Money, but I try not to let that influence you in the yeah, clash. Exactly. In the war. In the war. Well, I've 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 heard. A lot of clashes and, and 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 dubs and stuff. So I, you know, this really interests me. But um, so when I first heard the Dot Rotten, uh, the first dub, uh, the organized Graham freestyle thing, uh, it was cool. It sort of went over my head, so I had to go and revisit it. Then I heard the free P money dubs. Uh, they just were like, oh my god, they were just like, bang, wallet, crash. Just like, I thought, oh my god, it's over. Like, how's he gonna, how's he gonna, how's Dot Rotten gonna get up out of this, get himself out of the grave? And then I heard his uh, real talk freestyle addressing, like, rebuttaling everything that P Money said, mm. and then uh, coming with some new allegations. Uh, Big boy allegations. I know, I know, I know. Woo! You need to listen to it. It's mad, listeners. Um, <laughs> and then I thought, wow, yeah, I had to then go, I, I took that in, and, I, that, and what I had to do with Dot Rotten is listen to that several times. Like, you can't just listen to it one-off and, and think, oh, yeah, he's won, or he's got it, he's, he's in the lead. Now, you have to go back and go back, and certain bars are popping up a day later two days later or you're thinking oh sugar that makes more sense so then i went back to the first dot rotten freestyle mm. and then i've put it all together so for me now i have them i have be honest with you i have them sort of neck and neck i really want to see what the next dub's saying yeah i mean um, I, but initially the p money 
dubs that he was doing, he was coming with like haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. Yeah. And and yeah. Dot Rotten was coming with jab, 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 haymaker. Different styles, isn't it? Different styles. Um, both saying a lot, but I'm really interested to see how it develops. Uh, at the minute, it's... Uh, you haven't taken a side yet. Yeah, I was in the fence. Hey, <laughs> I'm usually on the fence about things, but I'll say at the minute, uh, yeah, I've got it neck and neck. You can't be on the fence, man. You've got to take a side. All right, so you don't have a favourite MC, which is good. Right, I like them the both. Two. I like them both. You like I them say, both? I say at the minute, I probably had a, a P. I got P up. Yeah. But by a bit. Why? Because what he was saying about Dot Rotten, uh, there was more consistent sort of, he had more dirt on him. Yeah. You mentioned over, the styles already. Over the three records. Yeah. Uh, so the way he's delivering his, his yeah, distance as well. Yeah, so not much about... A bit more impact? Yeah, I'd say there's more impact on the record. Uh, it hit harder to begin with. Mm. I had to go back and go over Dot Rotten, which is not an issue. Mm. Uh, but then... I think he got to the he got to the dirt and he got to the punchlines and 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 issues faster and clearer than what uh, Dot Rotten did. He kind of got straight to the point. Straight and Dot to Rotten the point. was kind of beating around the bush a little bit, being all artistic and yeah, being very lyrical and and, and, and which is incredible, which, which is amazing. Which is great to listen. I think to. I think Dot Rotten's a better MC than P Money. Oh yeah, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. I think I'll take better lyricist. But yeah. MC is like. If Dot Rotten and P Money were clashing live, oh, if there was in a rave, it would be curtains. Well, it would be it would be P Money all over. When I came it, to the studio, you was like, huh? Psh, yeah. <laughs> so that's what's good about grime because you've got oh, this clashing man. culture, and this is where it stems from, sort of dancehall and, and and Jamaican culture of the whole clashing thing and being on stage, which is what we borrow from as this island. Obviously, we're influenced from like the West Indies and stuff, and so in a real live clash, face to face, in with a rave. P money all day in the basement. If if Jammer was to pay the big P and have them in the basement, or in, you know face to face, then it could be who knows, brother. It'd be ridiculous. I want to shout out both of those artists because I think both of them are high level. What we're seeing here is a high level elite general flipping grime god battle, which you don't see every day. Yeah, and, um, so we're gonna be playing it. We're gonna be playing it. I've yeah, got, I've got the clip. So yeah, listeners, if you haven't checked it out, if you do like grime, uh, but prop like I don't want to say proper grime, but yeah, if you like the stuff that's not necessarily the Stormzy or the Skepta or the Wiley that's being drawn to your attention, and you really want to get underneath and see what this culture is about, our culture of grime, boom, check out the Dot Rotten and P Money Clash. Search that. You're gonna hear a couple snippets as we as we're talking. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. Boom. Um, I just want to say to wrap it up that um, <laughs> I just don't really want this to spill out into some physical drama. I want this to stay on wax, on record. Well, it's already spilled um, out. It's already been chiefed it, up a few times. It has times. in the like, past. Anyone can and get that's why it feels like, so it's not a bad That's thing why it like feels that, like but... it could happen again. And I really don't want that to happen. Yeah. Um, but I want to say both of these MCs are absolutely amazing what they're doing. I'm loving the material coming from both camps. Um, P fired some serious shots with the allegations about... Um, Dot Rotten's private life. Dot came back, answered all of those kind of questions, asked more, um, talking about P Money possibly being a, a wife beater. So we're waiting for P to respond to that. I mean, P dropped a three-track EP. You can get all of this on iTunes. You can get Dot Rotten's organised grand freestyle on iTunes. You can get P Money's three-track EP. Um, it's called Snake. And uh, there's more There's more drinks coming. I think uh, P's reportedly dropping a five-track EP, EP yeah. again. So, you know, it's going to be good for the tuned. fans. It's good for the scene. It's good for the artists if you go out and support their music. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. 
Um, and yeah, and go and get Pure Coke Volume 4 by K Coke as well, while you're, you're getting the dot right and P Money tunes. That's it, keeping um, it music. Yeah. Keeping along the line of Graham, uh, we've, uh, we've, we've covered him a lot. Uh, and covering's a fitting word because, yet again, the man of the moment, I know it sounds like he's always on his case and bigging him up, but he's doing more, more and more things for the scene and, and for the culture. But Skepta. Greece! <laughs> Uh, linking up with No Fear, the clover line. If you remember No Fear, they used to do them hats with the low eyes. Like them clothes white boys be wearing. <laughs> they got the cannabis reference. Yeah, <laughs> no I'm glad problem. you remember that. Spud me. Uh, no Fear clothing. Um, so Skepta's been linking up with them with uh, Sports Direct, giving Sports Direct that boost because I think sales, <laughs> Sports Direct sales have been down a bit. You know, all them sweatshops. Well, they've been down like 70% closing down for like 10 years now, ain't they? Hey, that's the mega closing down. So, hey, you, you do get some bits in Sports Direct though. Hey, fam, I'm wearing some of Sports Direct's finest right now. Yeah, man, yeah, you're looking that hey, fast. I, I got my, I got my, uh, my MX Knights really, really. Jeez. I just get all my tracksuits and uh, tracksuit bottoms and football boots and all that stuff. So yeah, Skepta's doing a lot with the fashion. Um, last episode we talked about his main clothing line and I googled it. Well, I actually went online to see if I could like see at the price and the price was... It weren't cheap, man. It was like 200 and something pounds. So, Skep, man, you need to be making... Making wait, some clothes wait, wait, for the wait, for, for wait, the teachers then for those wait, on a, wait, a different wait, wait, salary. Two hundred pound for what? Two hundred fifty pound for the tracksuit for a trackie. But it's yeah, well, boy, he's doing bits in it. That's what happens when you win all these prizes that, and you start? That you start. Your bank account in bits. Well, good luck to you, man. Well, if you build it, they will come. If you make well, it, you they know, will you know pay. What I mean, if you, if you want that lifestyle, then it's it's there for you, man. It is, man. If you want to look fly like Skepta, you got to spend that money. Innit? That's it. That's it. Spending the money. Hey, talking about money, talking about big money sounds, talking about clashing. We got man like Swiss Beats, yeah. the legend of Swiss Beats, yeah. Rough Riders, yeah. um, behind DMX, behind Eve, behind the Locks, uh, married to Alicia Keys. You know, luckiest man in the Come world. On. He has got a clash now lined up with. Timberland, yeah. the main man with the funky beats, the That's man it. behind classic artists like Aaliyah, Jeez. Missy Elliott, wow. and the not-so-classic Magoo. <laughs> and Magoo. And 702. <laughs> and Bubba it's... Sparks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. But take let's not take nothing away from the man. He's produced for Justin Timberlake, for Jay-Z, 50 Cent. for all the biggest names in the industry. His catalogue is extensive. Yeah, so they've basically got a clash now. Um, I don't know if you saw it in the past, listeners, but there's Swiss Beats versus Just Blaze, mm. a monumental sound clash for over, over two hours where they're uh, playing records back-to-back in Swiss Beats' basement um, and they're going just record for record. So I'm really excited to see how this pans out. I'm a big fan of Swiss Beats. Um, Timberland is a musical genius. Yeah. I don't know who's going to take this. If I if I hadn't seen the Swiss Beats, uh, Just Blaze Clash, and I you know I didn't know what Swiss Beats was coming with, I'd say yeah, neck and neck. Because I've seen Swiss Beats already in his clash against uh, Just Blaze. I'll be I'll be really excited to see Timberland this time. Mm. So it'll be someone fresh. I'm really excited. Like I really love what Swiss is doing. Um, the culture. He was doing some really art arts and culture type of stuff recently in art galleries and now to move on to doing the beat battles it's kind of taking it back to the essence uh, again we keep talking about this competitive element yeah. in rap music and in hip hop culture and I mean it's it's awesome like you know um, I really like to see 
people coming up against each other and it's done in a good spirited way as well yeah, you know there's yeah. no beef behind it or anything you know they've just gone to social media they've done little videos talking sending for each other like you know it's all brands um saying yeah okay i'm gonna murder you with my beat but then um the latest one i saw was pretty cool i saw timberland playing one of uh, swiss beats tunes and just talking saying yeah i'm really looking forward to the battle and then swiss beats returned the favor and he actually did another video talking over one of timberland's tunes so you can see that they're friends Bruv, when you get that rich so it's a beautiful it's like a little competitive spirit going on there. when you get that rich and successful it's it's humble it's calm yeah, yeah. that's it they've both reached you know they've probably both got grammys true i'm probably sure they have they've both sold hundreds of millions of records yeah they're both pioneers and they both play their own stuff as well I, I know mean, Swiss Beats got into a bit of trouble early in his career yeah. with replicating those Casio mm. sounds. Uh, but he's... Programmed uh, sounds on the keyboard. <laughs> hey, listen. Swissy. Got to get your foot in the door, man. But they're, <laughs> they're both coming with a lot of history and I'm really looking forward to that. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, listeners. Be a rap and banter. You know we're coming with the music information. We're keeping it moving. Um, so keeping it moving along. Another legend. Another rap legend. Man like Tupac Shakur. The man that will never die. Like, his name just stays alive. 20 years after his death, he's back in the news again. Guess what for? What's he done now? Well, allegedly, he had an ex-girlfriend that was pretty famous as well. He had lots of ex-girlfriends. He was piping down everybody. <laughs> Is he the original Griezmann of rap? He's the original Wesley Pipes. Grease! He had an earring as well. No, he had a nose ring. Oh, you can't, the, can't trust the, the man with a nose ring. And an earring. What's the Jay-Z lyric about acting brand new? Don't forget, Tupac had a... Oh yeah, nose ring too. Something about the older guys. Yeah, yeah. Come on, older cats trying to act brand new. Um, so what's <laughs> he done now? So yeah, go and talk to me. So basically, man like Tupac used to go out with Madonna, only the uh, pop superstar. And um, you know, 20 years after he's died, people have unearthed some of her old possessions that he actually had. And uh, one of them is a handwritten letter. Kind of like a, a Dear John letter. This is allegedly now. It's supposed to be like a Dear John letter that he wrote to her to break up with her. Um, and that was going <laughs> to auction. Couldn't send a text them days. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't. Had to write her a letter and send it. It was a Dear John letter back in those days. Send it via the Raven, like on some Game of Thrones business. Oh man, just put it on a pigeon. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and not only just that, there was there were some other items, um, and uh, she's been lucky enough to manage to uh, stop the auction and get a hold of those uh, items and stop them going out into the public domain. Guess what? One of the other items that were going for auction were. Oh yeah, go on. So what was that other auction? What were the other items? A pair of knickers, a pair of Madonna's worn knickers. Ugh, that like 20 year old fanny sweat on those knickers. But Madonna's fanny sweat though. Well, it's probably worth a few bob, isn't it? Oh, yuck. Come on, man. Do you reckon he wore him on his head while he was recording Hail Mary? He's probably sniffed it before he laid his verses. That's why I <laughs> fucked your bitch, you. <laughs> <laughs> sniffed it, sniffed it, and then did the whole Machiavelli mixtape in like a, a fucking week, bro. <laughs> Give him my bare power in it, put that battery in his back. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go beat Madonna after I lay this first. Ah. Ah. First of all, fuck your bitch and the kick you claim. <laughs> We're sad till I die. Come equipped with game. <laughs> you claim to be a player. But I fucked your wife. <laughs> 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 
one of the best albums of all time, bro. Oh, man, bro. You know what? I feel like that's one of the best diss tracks of all time. Oh, bro. He Hit, was going Hit in. Em Up was savage. If, if you're not sure about what that was, that was uh, some lines from Hit Em Up. Which well, hold was... on. If you don't know what that's about and you're listening to our podcast. To be fair, you shouldn't be listening yeah, to this podcast. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What man, are you doing with yourself? That's but going... but there's, the new, there's the new schools. We might be getting the new listeners in. Um, and, you know, for the, for the young'uns that are new to all of this world, Tupac versus Biggie was a big deal. Just Google that shit, man. You know, and that was Tupac's diss to Biggie. Classic lyric. The whole album was a was 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 a diss, but apparently, uh, Kippo, big up, big up Kippo, he he, he uh, must have tweeted something the other day about a game of Game of Thrones and Tupac Machiavelli Game of Thrones type mixtape uh, bootleg thing. I need to check out, but yeah, that that's big. Tupac, one man that Tupac was definitely bombing on. In that um, bomb first, the Don Caluminati, yeah, was a man like Prodigy, R.I.P. P. He was R. getting R. a guy P. from Mob Deep. Mm. Then he say stuff about ain't one of you got sicker cell or something. He was oh, going, hey, yeah, and I hate to bring it up, but the oh, reason I bring it man. up recently, unfortunately, Prodigy's mural uh, has been defaced not once but twice in his hometown of Queensbridge. Unfortunate and sad news that this rap legend from QB from New York from Queensbridge had his mural put up and was defaced several times. They painted, they painted it, they threw paint on it, they just mm. destroyed it, man. It's really sad. Man. It's really sad. Um, That's just disrespectful. It is. And, but um, but oh, carry on. Well, I've just lent you the Prodigy book. Yep. Which, Big up for that, bro. No worries, man. Get your reading on. Well, what's the title of the book again? Uh, oh, I should go get it. I think it's My Life or something. It's his autobiography. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, one of the dudes from Bars and Hooks was talking about how... Oh, careful. No spillage. How, uh... Let me see if you bust it open. <laughs> <laughs> get that Jack Daniels. What's that pussy you open for, a dolphin? Bust it. Come on, man. Let me swim into your ocean. Ugh. Is that you bust it open? Is that you bust uh... the pussy open like a Coke can? You cut yourself. Trust me. Shark no, I'm pussy. good, man. I'm good. Shark pussy. <laughs> Shark pussy. Jaws. Oh, uh, brother, imagine if pussy had teeth. Bro, there's a film like that. Have you seen the film like that where the girl's pom-pom's got teeth on it? It's like one of them trauma movies, like Toxic Adventure, like one of them ones. I don't think it's as like uh, as cheap as like as that, but it's this deep film where her the girl's vagina yeah. has got teeth. Oh. Bite off your tings. Anyway, Jeez. going back to the going back to the thing of Prodigy and his mural was um, defaced several times because he, in his book, disrespected a lot of people who were dead, disrespected a lot of people that are in prison, uh, and he was basically saying the dude from Bars and Hooks was basically saying that P had a lot of enemies and a lot yeah. of a lot of enemies' childrens weren't feeling what P did and. Um, yeah, that's why they fucked up the thing. But I, I don't agree to it, man. He's a legend. Um, we covered. Was there anything in we the covered book? him on the uh, Remembrance episode nine and a half, nine point five? So make sure you check that out if you haven't already checked it out. But yeah, go on. Sorry. Was about there the anything in the book about P's enemies? Because from what I've heard, is he was actually hated in QB by a certain section of people. Yeah. But I don't know exactly who uh, really hated him so much. I think there might be some gangs and some stuff like. Well, he that, said but... he said a, he said a few things about the dealers. Um, and about other guys, but you just have to read it. Yeah, I heard it might be related to some stuff that he talked about in his book, and it's yeah. like, oh, now you've put our business on blast. Yeah, yeah. To the Basically, world. he had a lot of flack for releasing that book. Um, mm. It's a really good book. If you haven't got it, order it from Amazon. It's a real nice read. It's a light read. It's not too intense, and it's really poignant considering how one of the rap legends, one of the best rappers of all time, 
passed away. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been trying to do a bit more reading. I was hoping to be able to do a little book review for you guys today, but uh, didn't quite get to uh, to read the book in the end. I was a little busy this week. Um, but yeah, picked up a little book on mindfulness by, uh, <laughs> uh, I can't even pr- pronounce the guy's name. He's like a, a Buddhist monk, something like that Neant. Or something like that. Just looking for the book now. Like, you're doing terrible, man. You're giving him a book. It's, it's up on. It's up on the thing, man. Oh, he's off. He's off. He's going to get it. Basically, Cal's uh, Cal's trying to get the book and all that. Go on. What's the guy's name? Fitch. Is that his name? Some Buddhist like monk Fitch. called. Is that his name? Fitch Nat Hung. Fitch. So yeah, he's actually a really interesting character, bro. If you see, like, you know, I mean, he's met Martin Luther King. He's um. He's been around and he's met like, you know, the Dalai Lama and um, he's a very philosophical guy. He was uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Wow. So his book is about, it's called The Miracle of Mindfulness. It's about like meditation and how to achieve inner peace. And I just thought it looks pretty short. You could probably read it in a day. So I might just bang this out and see what this is all about. It's supposed to be one of those really good books that you need to read. So. Yeah, man, I'm going to bang that out real quick. The Miracle of Mindfulness. Yeah. Also... (laughs) Got another book that I'm going to read. Jeez, go on. About uh, Easy. how to improve your memory. Yeah. But that's for a good reason. Because uh, I've actually got a bit of an announcement to make. Drum roll. I am going to be performing at a live rendition of the Wu-Tang in London. No way. I'm going to be... You kept that quiet. going to be covering some Wu-Tang members. Shut up. What? I'm going to be performing tracks from 36 Chambers. From yeah, my brother, forever. hey listeners, he did not tell me this. I am cheesing. <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah, yeah. You fucking cunt. Why um, didn't you tell me about this? Well, I just thought it would be nice to to drop a little surprise on the podcast. That's sick. When's um, this? I was keeping it under my hat. So the dates are coming up. You forgot the dates. <laughs> no, the dates. The dates. Are, it's all so brand new. Like the it's irony. just come together this week. Everything. So you doing renditions of the? You doing songs? What are you doing? Yeah. Um, oh, is it all secret? It's hush hush. It's not that hush hush. I could give you the, um, you know, the playlist. But no, I don't that do would that. kind of spoil the surprise. Let me and the listeners know where can we go and spoil yeah. that. If, if exactly. So, so it's going to be at the Jazz Cafe. Um, you may have uh, heard of the production of uh, some of the others. Like they have a live band and they get rappers to come and give you the live experience of, you know, Dr. Dre. I went to... The Dr. Dre show last weekend. Shout one out on to Outcast as Johnny well. Voltic and the rest of the squad that are doing it. Yep, they've done the Outcast one as well. Live orchestra. Um, they're doing Biggie, I think, this weekend. Yeah, yeah I've seen, I've seen it. They um, did one already. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to be uh, on the cast uh, for the Wu Tang show, and um, That's sick, that is going to be uh, from the 12th of August. So Saturday and Sunday, 12th of August. Cash me outside. How about that? Boom, performing Wu Tang at. The jazz cafe. Are you going to be performing my favorite Wu Tang record of all time? What's your favorite Wu record of all time? I'm going to give you and the listeners, other than probably Kippo, who knows? Shout out Kippo. Shout out the man, then. Gone. Bearing in mind the visuals is what made me how I am. <laughs> Grease. Ice cream. Yes! Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when it dropped back in school and you was hyped over that tube, Was that? Do you remember? Yeah. You was gassed. Everyone was gassed. That was like... But me probably more so. I was, was like, anthem. oh my God. Yeah. 
butter pecan, recans. Oh my god. Chocolate deluxe. The blonde girl, the blonde, the blonde light skin chick that he's talking to with the short hair. Mm. Ice cream, older gods, and I forget my third favorite record. Probably labels from Jizza. That's okay. my that's my free okay. that's my free uh, all time Wu Tang records. Wow. Uh, oh, I'm not gonna put you on the spot. A, this now. is a top three selected right here. I didn't even sneak it in yet. Ice cream, not in that order. Well, not in any order, but probably order. Uh, ice cream and Ghostface Ray and Kappa but the visuals and meth on the hook and then the visuals were like we're going to talk about women we're going to be addressing these women of uh, different races and, 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 and ethnicities shortly Older Gods on the Woo Forever album which was just ahead of his time again a, a classic Ray and Ghost and then Jizza Labels is just the greatest wordplay Oh, this is absolutely amazing, man. That Liquid Swords um, album was was my favorite Wu album at the time. Liquid Swords, hands down. I mean, for the conceptually and the lyrical content, what Jizza yep. did there, that was a masterful album. For the production, the way it was put together with the samples and uh, oh, and, and Cream just... as well. Cream's up there. Cream's it like probably joint third. Cream, Cream's one of my favorites. I like Triumph as well. It was just a hell of a posse cut. Mm. Um, Triumph just a banger um, Can It Be Also Simple is one of my favourites as well yep. um, you know um, I just love the Wu-Tang there's so many uh, greatest I find band of all time top three. greatest uh, greatest rap band I feel yeah greatest, greatest rap, rap act, greatest rap of anything full yeah, stop period greatest, no, great no, rap. yeah it can't stop it that's it even though the new stuff I'm just, not really just, just, yeah just, just don't know. listen to the new stuff <laughs> <laughs> if you go from like 90 what 93 94 yeah up until like up until the 2000s yeah. when we forever dropped they were still banging out some well, solid material was, yeah, and I really like want to hear so. college, right? I really want to hear that album that Martin Shkreli's got you know the secret oh. album locked in Martin Shkreli's vault yeah. which was done by some random producer called Silver Rings uh, and that was done in and around that time around the 2000s so it's like vintage mm. prime woo um, we need to hear that yeah but um, yeah, uh, another another group that were really good at that time was a record label, Bad Boy Records. Yeah. They were really dope in the 90s. And and, and in the 2000s. But yeah, talking about uh, Bad Boy, the recent documentary that I watched, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, Bad Boy documentary, doc, uh, looking at 19, 20 years of P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, take that, take that. Do you like my impression? That sounded a bit rapey. Did it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, about, I'm not gonna do it. It's gonna sound even more rapey. I know what you're gonna say. You say it. Go on. What? I, like that. <laughs> I thought you was gonna say. I can't stop. We won't stop. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean no? What do you mean oh no? Oh my god. Um, oh, we're going. We're going mad. Damn. P Diddy is subliminally a, a racist. Like he was just giving us rapey subliminals the whole racist time. Racist or a rapist? We can't stop. No, we won't that. stop. Take that. Take that. Oh my god. <laughs> Cow man, what are you talking about? You, the, Jack, the Jack Daniels has gone to his head, people. Anyway, I'm on my second glass. Uh, you lightweight, you lightweight, but boom. The amazing documentary, and yeah. they did a reunion concert, uh, and they played uh, Brooklyn at the Barclay Center, and they did one one of the nights was on Biggie's birthday. Um, and watching it just made me appreciate, A, how amazing P. Diddy Puffy has been yeah. in inventing the remix. Inventing like the whole concept of remix. Yeah, he kind of did, didn't he? Yeah, he invented the remix. Yeah. You know, the Jodeci, the uh, Mary J, and then um, even like flavoring. Yeah, Craig Mack. 
getting everyone on it, which is which is amazing. Did they talk about that publicity stunt? Um, when oh, yeah, yeah, Craig yeah. Mac and Biggie were first coming out. And they were putting all the demos in McDonald's, Big Mac packages. Amazing. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they, took, they spoke about that. Never spoke seen about, anything like that since. Spoke about his parties, how he, how he, uh, how he got parties popping at um, Howard University, how he was an intern, and then he did his own thing. But And it's bringing everyone together. And it was amazing seeing, like, Mace, Little Kim, 112, Total, uh, The Locks, um... Faith Evans, all, yeah, all come back together to perform the classics. And if you're a an '80s baby, a '90s child like you and I are, and a lot of our listeners are, mm. we all know that Bad Boy had the anthems on Smash. Whenever you went to any house parties, if you went out clubbing, when you had your little little tapes, your little CDs, um, this classic after classic. So I really got into that. I really recommend you watch the P Diddy documentary. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Take that. We'll have to check that out, man. Yeah, man. Which gets us on to the next topic. Um, one of your one of your friends was saying um, about hip-hop films. There's been a recent slew of hip-hop films. Um, I know we just spoke about Tupac and Madonna and the, and the Knickers and doing <laughs> Caluminati, <laughs> Seventh Day, Machiavelli and all of that. But the Tupac film just dropped. The NWA film just dropped. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of hip-hop films over the years so the question that was posed to us was what hip-hop film should they make next shout out to ice cream man um that was a really dope uh question from him uh keep them coming bro so what so cal what artist or what movement should they make a hip-hop film a, a biography um an autobiography film autobiographical film excuse me or a film about and then we're going to talk about some of the best hip-hop films so far I would like to see an autobiographical film on Public Enemy. Oh, interesting. Because they were, they were so important in for me the early stages of rap. Not the early earliest like pioneer stages. Maybe they were a group that came after the first wave of rappers and like, the early early pioneers. But they were still pioneers in a way because rap wasn't it wasn't as mainstream as it you know grew to be. So for me, Public Enemy. They broke barriers, you know, they were very conscious and uh, they were political, you know, and they were fighting for the people. You know, they had a very relevant message. The beats were hard. Right, it it was more than music. It was like, you know, it, it was, it was, it really was a movement. You know, you could dress public enemy, you could talk public enemy, you could believe in their ideals and, you know, you listen to the music and you watch the videos and guys are like marching. They had these little marches. Uh, I forgot what they called the dudes, man. They had these guys that were with the performers. Uh, they had like a name and everything. It was like a, they were like soldiers, but they were dancers. Dancers dressed as soldiers. Yeah, it was almost playing on like the Nation of Islam. Kind of. It was in that kind of political context. Yeah, yeah. And um, Nation of Islam, Black Panthers, uh, sort of a Black Power kind yeah, of yeah. a kind of a, a movement uh, that Public Enemy were spearheading in rap. And yeah. you had loads of other artists that were influenced by them that came out afterwards. And uh, I would love to see a movie based on how they came together. People in the background, like Professor Griff, how much influence he had. Uh, Flavor Flav. Yeah, yeah, boy. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, of course, Chuck D, who was uh, the masterful MC with all the insightful street and political commentary. That's a great answer. That's a great answer. So it led on to um, some of the best hip hop films so far. Now, I really researched this and I looked at what it was really like a hip hop film. 
So not not a not a film where it had elements of hip hop in it. Not like Above the Rim or Soul in the Hole, mm. which stood out for me for my, my b- basketball history. But um, and great soundtracks by the way. Soul in the Hole, arguably amazing Soul soundtrack. Soul in the Hole. I, I'm not singing that Wu Tang show. No, but that oh that not many people would know that record. But that was classic. So um, we got some classics, man. Um, one of the funniest has got to be CB4. CB4. You absolutely love that movie. It's funny. Man like Pookie. <laughs> no, Pookie's not. Oh, well, what? Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen you getting your films mixed up, man. Oh, what? what where's Pookie from? Um, My mind's gone blank. But he dies because he's a crackhead. It's, um, oh, ah, New Jack City. It is. You don't need to research it. For real? Because I'm looking at that guy thinking that was... Oh no, Pookie was it? That was MC Gusto. Straight out of low cash, a crazy motherfucker named Gusto. Gusto. I fuck your wife because the bitch is a big coal. I fuck your sister, I fuck your cat. It's not (laughs) because the bitch too fat. So CB4 was like one of those spoof movies. It was like a play on. uh, And it also had Charlie Murphy. It also had Charlie Murphy, um, RIP, as as the original Gusto. Now, the story that Dave. Charlie uh, Murphy's popped up in power as well yeah, recently. Yeah, but apparently Chris Rock was saying at the auditions for the Gusto mm. character, Charlie Murphy was the only one who turned up in the Gusto clothing, like the fake, like sort of like looking like MC Hammer. Mm. Uh, and he had two bodyguards with him with replica machine guns. like, And they, he looked the real deal and he was in character. And then, yeah. Charlie Murphy doing bits, but CB4 is a classic. Um, there's so many classic hip hop films: Eight Mile, Hustle and Flow, Wild Style, Juice, because it's about DJing. Um, and there's some great documentaries: Star Wars, Art of Rap, uh, Slam with Saul Williams is amazing. Sort of poetry prison film, uh, the Biggie and Tupac documentary. Um, so many to go through, man. The Art of Rap, um, the Ice T documentary. Yep, yep. That was Ice really T. interesting. Hey, his would be a good documentary, a, a biographical film, because mm. he, he is amazing, man. I don't know too much about his history, but he's a pioneer in what, you know... Original we, We've got road rap. rap here in the UK. Original but, you know, They had gangster rap, rap in the States, and he's shit. one of the pioneers in hey, that this whole pimp, thing. This pimp business fascinates me, man. That, that pimps up, hose down documentary, and yeah. Mr. White Folks, and... All that, all that stuff is is fascinating. The pimp culture. If you get a chance to read uh, Iceberg Slim's book, read it, man. There was a rapper called Iceberg Slim, innit? Yeah, from uh, Hackney. He used to cut hair. Yeah, he cut my hair once. He used to cut hair in Wolverstow. Yeah, he did a show once that I hosted. But big him up anyway. Yeah, man. Shout out Iceberg Slim. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Biggie and Tupac. Documentary Nas. Uh, Time is Illmatic. That Rhyme and Reason. Backstage. So many, so many good documentaries. Mm. So many good films. Um, so yeah man we're doing it for the culture it's been quite a hip hop themed uh, episode today I mean it is beer rap and banter so we're going to talk a lot about rap and you know one well, yeah. big part of hip hop music hip hop culture is rap music So that's it well we're often coming with the beer and the banter so it's nice to be talking about our music that we love yeah man definitely but you know we can always switch it up and talk about something else well, and uh, as I stuff my face something else that we really love is boxing yep 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 yep, yep. recently um, Eubank Jr the Excuse man for Abraham um, and did really well we went the distance went 12 rounds um, what's that you're looking at um, I was just typing in Selby fam. why because he was on the undercard for that fight how did he get on he won I think he's like a featherweight 
Lee Selby. Oh yeah, he's Welshman. Yeah. So um, so Lee last weekend, Lee Selby went in, and um, I think it was a title fight. It was an amazing fight. He won it. Um, and uh, you know, right back into Eubank Jr. You know, he was the main event, the middleweight, super middleweight uh, title on the line against this guy Abraham. Um, and uh, I'd never seen Abraham box before, but I thought he was tough. Like he was a tough nut to crack. And you Eubank, distance, boy. Eubank looked great. Like he, you know, he's got the showboat, and he definitely learned that from his pops. Yeah, but know? I weren't feeling the showboat, man. He just needs to allow that. And just it was too to much. Boxing, yeah. It was too much. There was a couple of times when Abraham caught him with a couple of shots, and you think you idiot, you're just showboating too he's much. He's technically better than his dad. He moves better. Uh, he'll be a bit of boxing than his dad, but all this showboating, he needs to allow it. But the reason we're touching on it as well, because it did go the distance and it weren't, you know, it weren't a slugfest and it weren't the most amazing, but rather than pay for the pay-per-view, mm. uh, we streamed it. Uh, and I know there's a lot of listeners out there and a lot of people out there in the, in the wide world that uh, stream for sports. And just wanted to get your opinion on not paying for pay-per-view. Because we've got the Mayweather and McGregor fight coming up at over £70. I don't know the exact amount. I think it might be £77 around that. But paying a lot of money it's to... a ridiculous amount of paying money. Paying a lot of money to watch Mayweather and McGregor. Um, Me personally, I, I like the social aspect of watching a fight. And uh, for the Eubank fight, I just went to a pub that was showing it. Yeah. Um, so if you can find a bar or a pub somewhere where you can go and watch it, I think that's a good good idea. You can have a few drinks. But not if they're charging banter you. up with the people that are there. Um, yeah, some places charge you to get in, so that's a bit peak, but, um, you know, maybe you can find one that doesn't. Um, otherwise, you know, you could always go to your mate's house and, you know I mean, maybe everyone can chip in to watch the fight, but paying like 70-odd quid, yeah, I think that's, that's ridiculous. That's, that is terrible. Chipping in for a fight, I'm all for that, but paying over, well, pff, paying over 20 quid is just long. So everyone who's, uh, everyone who's streaming, basically they were saying that this weekend with the Eubank Jr. and Abraham fight was the was a real uh, poignant moment of the British public saying, we're not paying for a pay-per-view anymore. There's so many streaming options. Basically, a big middle finger up to the fight promoters that are taking the piss. Um, Mayweather and McGregor, I can't see myself paying for that. I'm going to be on my honeymoon, so I'll be even lucky if I watch it. If I'm going to be busy, to, you know, out and about, obviously in the moment, I'm, it's a romantic time. I'm not going to be like, oh, hold on. Hopefully Godzilla will let you run right for a minute. Bridezilla. Bridezilla, Bridezilla's, me, Bridezilla. Bridezilla's got one up on Godzilla. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> Bridezilla just mercs everything. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be there one day, G. Oh, so, man. So from the illegal streaming, uh, I'm all up for that, obviously. Uh, but just don't get nabbed, don't get caught. Talking to Mayweather McGregor. The promotion has been, the promotional wheels have been moving in operation and they've been all over the world now pushing the fight. I know you must have seen it. You must have heard the banter. You must have. McGregor has been going absolutely ham, Bat. making references to Dancing Monkeys from Rocky Free. Mad. Telling him he can't even read. Crazy. Uh, taking his bag out from underneath him and taking out five grand. Savage. Slapping his Maltese head. Deep. Coming with oh, coming with all type of f free about um being black from the belly button down. Racist. What's your opinion, Cal? <laughs> I basically just said it. One word, didn't it? Racist. No, I mean I don't think he's a racist. Can you be a guy, bit racist? Can you be a bit are... racist, or is it just racist? <laughs> See, this is an interesting point. Like, I think. Can you be a bit of a cunt, or is that just the cunt? I think it's possible to not be a racist, but and... to say something racist. 
that's right. You remember the, the little video? That's racist. The yeah. little kid video. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, he's not like Alf Garnet racist, nas- like National Front and all that. Yeah. But what he said, anytime you put race into a conversation, it becomes a racist comment. I like. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a deep one. So let's break down racism. Racism, generally, it it comes down to to do with systems of power and being able to abuse that power because you don't like a member of a particular race. So, for example, I could be a, a recruiting manager and I can discriminate against someone and say, I'm not giving this person a job, even though they're qualified and they're better than all the other candidates, I'm going to give it to someone of another race because yeah. I don't like that person's yeah. race. Which we don't That's condone. racism. Now, I think sometimes what people get confused is, is name calling when someone says, ah, you're a darkie, you're a blackie. That's not really racism. It's, it's kind of name calling, it's, but you know, people racist. take it as it being racist. That is racism. And you are a racist if you say that. If someone was to go to you 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 black bastard from time they could have just called you a bastard so why do you have to be a black bastard it shouldn't be it shouldn't be coming to your mind i know but uh, it kind of does so it kind of does for a lot of people yeah so it's putting race in the term so therefore it's a racist term do you understand my thinking i see where you're going with that i was literally thinking about the dictionary definition of the term no, i understand but then there's usually three or four different strands so it gets a bit deeper than just one you're going like corporate strand. Well, it's like exactly. if we're going to talk about it, we've got to clarify no, what it means and then it. we can we can go into it. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, racism is a deep topic. Personally, I don't think I don't know him, but I don't think McGregor is necessarily a racist person. I think he's hyping up a fight. I agree. And he, he's getting lost in the showmanship. Yeah. And the banter. Yeah. And he's just letting everything go. And, and with his personality as well, yeah. he's the type of person that doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. So even if he did say something and think, oh, fuck. <laughs> that was racist I fucked up he's just gonna be like oh well and just carry on <laughs> and then I think that's what happened I think he kind of said he said some comments about uh, Mayweather like oh, you're a dancing monkey no he didn't dance say dance for me boy dance for me he boy he said dance for me boy dance for me boy and he, he made reference to Rocky 3 uh, where Rocky for uh, Apollo no not Apollo Creed Mr. T he was in an interview and, and it was like dancing yeah with the dancing monkeys a, yeah, yeah so that was, that was a bit uh, maybe we can play a clip from that because that will explain yeah, yeah, a bit yeah. better than we can what's up Jimmy Connor, I, I have a very, very, very important question. Terrible on the suit. All right, sorry. I have a very, very important question. Who, who will win between you and Rocky Three? Rocky Three. I'm trying to think which one was Rocky Three. That was where everybody had them at Celebrity Gym and the, 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 monkey, the dancing monkeys in the gym and all. That was where he was in the yeah. Be honest. Me. He was in an interview. Uh, the interviewer asked him a random question about, oh, would you be able to, who would win in a fight with you and Rocky Three? And it's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean Rocky Three? Like, you <laughs> say Rocky or Apollo Creed or like, you know what I mean? Yeah, Someone yeah, from yeah. the fight, you just said Rocky Three. And then so that just let uh, McGregor's mind drift. And what he came up with was some crap about, oh, what the the dancing monkeys in a celebrity some, gym? And it's like, bullshit. what? So I actually watched it and I didn't see any animals or monkeys or anything. There was a kind of a celebrity gym, which is in Rocky Free. Rocky's made it. He's gone from being the guy with nothing and he's worked yeah. his way up to being a champion. And now he's training in some posh gym. But there weren't any animals in there. There weren't any monkeys. We dancing. all know what he meant, mate. He didn't mean no I don't know, man. I don't know man. what he meant. It, it sounded funny. But there was a scene in the movie where there was a lot of black people in the gym. Were they dancing? They were. All right. Were they training? So here's the thing, right? Were they training? Here's That's... the thing. 
right? In the press conference with Mayweather, when Mayweather was mocking um, McGregor saying, I'm going to mess you up. And he was doing some shadow boxing. And, Ma and McGregor said to him, dance for me, boy. There's racist yeah, connotation yeah, yeah. for a white person calling a black person boy as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. another thing. That's a whole different debate. But, right, so he's saying, dance for me, boy, when Mayweather was shadow boxing. Mm. And what were the black guys doing in Rocky Three in the gym? Shadow boxing. They boxing, they were training yeah, yeah, yeah. in the gym. Bravis. Dancing monkeys, calling a black person a monkey. It's like, it's all open to interpretation. If he did mean it that way, I still don't know if he's necessarily a racist person that hates black people. He might have just fired it off like I don't think he hates black people. Like a stupid, you know, like one of the, you know, like when English Frank fired off that stupid comment about oh, allow him, he's African, and it's like oh man, that's racist. Yeah, oh the security guard. Yeah, I don't know if he really is racist, racist. Maybe he is, but yeah. maybe it's just a stupid comment. Stu stupid but it gets comment in the, heat of the moment. Yeah. It gets people's back up. You can't really say stuff like that. You cannot say that. Um, talking on race. Uh, and race relationships and race relations, something that um, I watched today mm -hmm. um, on Channel 4. There's a really good Channel 4 documentary about love um, being racist. Um, is tr Not is true love, but people's preferences to who they find attractive. Um, is it sort of, well, race related, basically. Um, and then sort of people dating outside their race. So on Channel 4, the documentary, it was saying uh, how uh, a lot of people <clears throat> tend to... Well, it broke it down into sort of... They interviewed loads of people and they said, would you date outside your race? And there's some really interesting statistics on who would and who wouldn't. And surprisingly, or not surprisingly, depending on who you ask, um, white people at 9.4% said they would... Uh, date outside their race. Uh, black people, 46.4. Uh, they didn't break it down to sort of Afro-Caribbean, so they just said black, which is quite a general statement anyway. East Asian, 69.1%. South Asian, 56.1%. And then another statement, which was a bit misleading, was mixed race. So mixed could be any ethnicities mm. at, um, at a massive 66.8%. So this Channel 4 documentary, which you need to watch, people, I really recommend it, especially if you have dated outside your race if you've dated um white women black women asian women or you've dated white men black men asian men uh, turkish whatever people um what your opinion is and then what it boiled down to was that a lot of these people of different ethnicities you know they just got like 10 20 normal people like singletons who are on tinder and all that stuff they were gravitating towards what uh, they thought what was like uh, classically attractive or classically like good looking was always white. So, what is your view on dating outside your race, and what is how maybe people are brainwashed or conditioned to think what is good looking through the media and everything that we see? Firing these deep ones on me. Well, bro, we're going deep. This episode, I know we, we're used to the banter, but this episode, we're going deep. It's the racist episode. <laughs> no. um, I'm trying to find the name. Is Love Racist, the dating game? Mm. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I've got my opinions, which I'll talk about. 
I mean, so to repeat the question, you're asking me, would I date outside of my race? Well, I know you would. Yeah. But I'm saying, what's your opinion on dating outside your race? I mean, or finding, I would say coming up, like as a youngster. Or finding people outside of your race attractive and then uh, and then linking and dating people within your... Yeah, as a youngster, I was a lot more pro-black than I am now. I think I, I felt it was important as black people that we need to stick together and in our own community, build our own communities and have a, a strong black family and, and, you know, uplift each other and stuff like that. Um, and then the older I got, I kind of started thinking, well, you know, if, if whoever you like is whoever you like, you know, it's, it ain't all that serious. Although it is, it is bloody serious, but I just kind of mellowed out over time. So now I kind of feel like whoever you want to be with, be with whoever you want to be with, you know? Um, myself personally, I don't really discriminate. I think, um, you know, if, if a woman's attractive, she's attractive. doesn't matter what race she's from. Uh, she's, she's cool with me. She's, as long as she's intelligent and, you know, she's respectful and that, yeah, it's all good. Um, and you know, I've dated women from different races. I've dated black women, Asian women, white women, mixed race women. I haven't dated a Chinese woman, so that would be the next one for me to explore, but um yeah I, I i don't have a problem with people dating outside of their race no, i that's, think it's totally cool it's a good um, view to and have. just looking at those statistics there i would like to point out that i think statistics can be misleading of sometimes course, yeah, of course yeah you know um it does kind of say there that you know black people are 46.4 percent um like likely to date outside of their race or uh, or you know they're more up for 46% of black people are more are up for, they're interested in dating outside of their race. Yeah, I think... But I think th that may not be the, the case. It may be it like, mis you yeah, know, it can be what, even if you 10 yeah, yeah, yeah. black men... This is why I recommend the listeners to watch don't it. ...don't like black women and, and I, they all want yeah. to date outside of... You know what I mean? But it, there's lots of underlying issues as to why certain people might not... And this is what... It, it didn't bring up as much uh, other than this one guy. So it didn't bring up as much as why people necessarily wouldn't want to date in their race. Yeah. Uh, so you might have an, the initial physical attraction, mm. which we all have, yeah, of of some sort. Mm. You know what do you like? What do we search on porn of in it? Like, <laughs> do, wait, wait, wait. Have you ever searched specific races on Pornhub before? Yeah, <laughs> of course I have. What do you mean? You search for specific things all the time on porn. Standard, innit? Your, your, what you watch on porn is, is, is what your fantasy is and what you want to watch, innit? Yeah, yeah. So, of course you're going to search for whatever you're going to search for, yeah. innit? I'll insert, like, big butt Latinas or, like... <laughs> yeah. Big booty Chinese chick. Well, yeah, I mean, if there is such a thing, but yeah. Hey, there is. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll send you a link later. Greece, <laughs> let the banner flow, eh? Yeah. I've opened up. Hey, look, we're, we're, look, we're an hour in, yeah, but boom! Now I've just opened up the Doctor Thirsty beer. Oh, this is going to be a long episode. Doctor Thirsty. We might have to cut this down into two, man. But this is <laughs> this is getting peak. So boom. So what? what anyway, what they said on the uh, is love racist. Um, I don't think love is racist because love you fall in love with that person's soul. Mm. You fall in love with that person their banter, who they are, what they can do for you, what you can do for them. Yeah. But your initial lust, mm. I believe people have a type 
Oh, see, this is interesting. So this is what it stemmed from. Sorry, it, like, what's your type? So, uh, and and one of the white guys, he was like, oh yeah, I like, oh, I don't like, I just date white girls, but mm. he, like, but mm. he wasn't too fussy. When they put this camera, this uh, these glasses on him to sort of pick up his eye movement and his interest, he was he was going straight for like the light skin girls mm. and, the, and, the, and the black girls, and I was thinking, see, yeah. So he might think, oh, I've got a date within my race, culturally and his- historically, but. I'm a bit attracted to a bit of spice. Do you know what my type is? I ain't got no type. Oh, is that he's gonna bust? Bad bitches is the, the only thing, thing that, that I like. like. Hey, jewels <laughs> in the eyes. Do you know I wanna know what my type is? Come. Is it hard to tell? It ain't hard to tell. I excel. Then prevail. Jeez. Yeah, man. Um, um, you like a little bit of that chocolate? <laughs> I've got a type. And I always have. And people listening that know me will laugh. And I've only ever dated outside my race. Mm. Like, I've only ever dated outside my race. And I've only ever dated... Exquisite chocolate. Well, there's not always been exquisite. There's been some, <laughs> there's been some rotters as well, but not dated them, innit? Man, I have to be honest, innit? Come on. There's been some... There's been, there's been some chocolate, chocolate that's been, like, expired, innit? <laughs> oh, man. Two for one offers. Them ones. <laughs> Sometimes you have to get it inside. You can't always be going for the top creme de la that creme. That melted chocolate that no one else wants to take in the summer. No, nah, I've not had that where everyone's oh, had their paws in them. I've sweaty. never been that guy. No, nah, not the sweaty oh, like, like one man's just greased off the chocolate. Like, bro, do you want the rest of that? Look at the wrap up. <laughs> oh! No, not that guy. But Sloppy seconds. I've always... And you know, bro, and this, this made me think, because I watched this documentary today and I was like, wow. Because like, it's really fascinating for me for someone who's only ever dated and linked mixed race girls or, or black girls obviously I've linked white girls but not really like that in it like yeah. over the like years of my life I yeah, can man. count on one hand and it's not many get me but just what what triggers that off as a, as a, as a person what makes someone like red ginger girls with freckles oh what makes that, that's a cute look though bruv what makes what makes like some of my black mates like oriental girls or like white girls with big batties you know who you are. Or, <laughs> or you, name, name no names. Or what makes what makes white guys like light skinned girls with curly hair or black girls? You know. So that, what is well, it? Is, I think everyone likes light skinned girls with curly hair. But continue. That's so like a it? universal. Yeah. Look. So what is that then? So what is it then that makes See, a light skinned? It's with like curly it's these ideals of beauty, right? Um, I think there is a, a European ideal of beauty, which is generally you know the kind of tall, thin, flipping supermodel. Uh, white supermodel with thin like kind of straight hair yeah Yeah, but to me that looks blonde chick dead but that's what you see posted everywhere you see it's so sad like a friend I know her daughter is only like five or six and she wants to be that you know she's she's affected by this uh, Mm. you know these images of uh, what society deems to be beautiful women and it's it's always the the, the tall thin uh, European women and it's it's a shame because a lot of people were thinking what's classically handsome, what's classically beautiful is white. And a lot of people gravitated towards white people's aesthetics and, mm. and what they look like. Mm. So it was just fascinating and I really recommend watching it. Um, even if you've only ever dated uh, within your race, within your whatever. So yeah. some people do and it's great. And, and some people, it's, it's big on that and that's, that's wonderful. And some people go out and date whoever, which, you know, you should be allowed to do just to, mm. you know, but I think Lay down just going back to that light skin curly hair kind of look, I think that's where you get the best of both worlds. So if you like black girls, you know, a mixed race girl could be seen as a light skin oh, black got, girl. Yeah. And if you like white girls, a mixed race girl can be seen as like a tanned 
darkest that's the interesting thing. white girl it's the best of both worlds but then they have a and conflict and that's why uh, like they... feel like they're so wicked in it they think they're bad in <laughs> it everyone's hollering at them all day every day and they got an attitude man well there's another stereotype are all light skinned girls like that then are they all stush that is a stereotype so are they all stush yes no well <laughs> I can say from experience they're not. Oh, yeah. I but mean, then there's stereotypes I can of like say why from experience that there's experience like going yeah. to stereotypes of like why our friends at school yeah. or like black mates at school would yeah. go for white girls at school because they were easy. <sighs> and man, them that are listening know in it like wow, certain people like, went there. like I'm gonna put my hood up. I'm not wearing yeah. a hood, but if I was wearing I, how a many hood, drinks have you had, bro? <laughs> it's true, bro. Why are you laughing for? Man, them that are listening, oh, man. like we've got listeners on our podcast, Beer Rapping Banner episode eleven. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure mm, you do mm, the damn mm, thing. Mm, mm, mm. I'm getting a bit wavy now. Obviously, I've opened subscribe, the subscribe, 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 subscribe. We've gone way into Greece territory, bro. Right listen, it's been an hour and I've been calm. Can't so be man spilling all the man them tea all out on the podcast. Man, cracker now, innit? Winter's coming, innit? Winter's coming, bro. Release the Kraken. Hey, the North remembers, Rue, boy. Listen to me. Anyway, so certain man went specifically for white girls at school or growing up because they thought they're going to let it off or they're going to be greasy. And that's a stereotype, but that's not always true. Because... It's not true. No, it's not. Because I know new, past tense, don't give me the... (laughs) (laughs) Andrew's got the spies that I knew past tense. I don't know anymore, innit? I knew. Very politically correct. Underline that. Highlight that. Exclamation yeah, mark. Yeah, yeah. Hella grease from black um, black and mixed race. Yeah. Hella greaseman. Yeah. So everyone was wearing the number seven shirt because everyone was greaseman. See, all right. See, man so it weren't just white say, girls. Manu used to say stuff like... Uh, see, now it's now it's the truth, brother. We're going to hour uh, in. Uh, Speak the truth, Carol. Uh, the, the truth. So, all right. let, so let man, it, man, all right, all right, basically... Just let it out. Stereotype is like white girls are easy and white girls are grease, but black girls... A stush. A stush. But when you get a black girl to be grease, she can be super grease. Super grease. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So yeah. So I know we've got female listeners, and I, and and I would then want to know their opinion on dating black men in you know dating within their race, mm. and then how some bl- black women are thinking. Well, black men don't do this. Black men don't do that. There's a stereotype of not going down on them. There's that of taking them for granted. Yeah. But then there's a stereotype of them having big willies, which is not true, obviously. But there's different stereotypes that a white a white man will eat you out, eat you out from the back, take mm. you out, do all this madness that a black guy might, might not necessarily do. But that's I, not I like true. I like to throw in some two pence on the, uh, that's on, not true. On, on the big stereotype. stereotype as well. Because it's kind of damaging to black dudes because... And this came up in the documentary as well. Go on, sorry, yeah. go on, yeah. Because like, all right, there's a lot of brothers that are packing, yeah? Um, i got to admit, I am not the most We don't want to know about your brother. business, brother. I'm, that I'm not the most packing brother. You know what I mean? I feel like I've got average sized things and... You know what I mean? What's average to you? About 12 inches? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'm not going to show off too much about it. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, like, I've, seen, I've seen certain ornos and certain men are just pulling out a snake and you're like, God. Yeah, damn, but they're in, they're in. But this is what, this is what the stereotype comes down to. And it ends up with black men being sexually fetishized. Yes, yes, and yes. And becoming like a sexual object. Like yeah. women of other races are looking at us thinking, well, I don't want to get with him because he's, he's, too big. he's ambitious and he's yeah. successful and he's intelligent and I like him and he's a great person. They're just thinking, oh, he's probably great in bed. He's got a yeah, big yeah. dick. And not all of us even have a big dick anyway. No. And it just reduces us to being less than human. Yeah. So it's really, it's really bad. Like, you know, we are people too... We have feelings. We have things to offer, more to offer than what we can lay down in of the course. bed. 
but once you go black, you don't go back. So definitely holler out, hey. brother. You got to do the damn thing. You know what I'm don't spud me. <laughs> I'm going to leave you hanging. Spud me. No, I'm not <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I ain't going to lie. What? Once, I went, once I went black, man, never went, man. That was like yeah. year eight, year nine. Does no, it... not even that. My first kiss. My mm. first kiss was from a girl called Esalita in yeah, primary okay. school. Okay. And that's year... But man always fancy black. I don't know what brother. I don't know. I don't know if it's what, growing up with 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 different like growing up with black friends and white friends or watching all these rap videos mm. and seeing like Ice Cream Wu Tang and seeing all these you know or just going carnival or going like raves. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is Matt. Like talking about your first kiss that brought me back. My first kiss was from a girl called Amy, who used to live like our my back garden and her back garden were like opposite each other she went my first snog though and she was a freak was that, was that your first snog I was like 7 years old I didn't know what she, I was like going around her house to play Game Boy or something yeah of course she was and then she was nah she was like I'm going to the toilet I'm like okay she's like oh come with me I'm like what little hussy yeah it was weird she would like go pee and then ask me to just watch her pee and stuff <laughs> and I was like 7, 8 I was, I was like what, oh, what? I was like what is this Ram she, Ram, she sexually abused me I was like, what the hell? You was the same age though, fam. Yeah, but I didn't know what the hell. She was more sexually advanced than I was. I was like eight years Women old. Women are. I just wanted to play video games and play football in the street and shit. Yeah. And eventually I just stopped checking for her because I was like, this girl's fucking weird. She scared you, yeah. <laughs> if that had been 10 years later at 17, you'd have been like, rah. On it. Turned you out. Grease. Grease. But it's an interesting concept. Um, so yeah, that's it. Basically, dating within your. Uh, I was going to say gender there, but. Yeah. Um, dating within your uh, ethnicity, basically. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I saw an interview with uh, Dr. Umar Johnson recently, who's a black activist, and he has theories. He's a He's very controversial character. He's got some funny character. views, though, man, as well. Yeah, he, Him he, and that brother, Polite, and them lot, like, I mean... Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to talk about the rest of them, specifically yeah. with Umar. Umar. But he's even, he, he's got he has, some thingy views. Of yeah, that. He's, some things I agree with, some things I don't. Yeah, okay. It's one thing I didn't agree with, where he has this one theory saying that uh, black men should date within their race. They should exclusively, uh, exclusively yeah. date black women, uh, and I just didn't. I didn't agree with that. You know, I know a lot of black guys that are dating outside of their of race. Of course, I don't see anything wrong with it. I've got family members as a consequence of that, and I love my family. You know, and I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So, you know, I, I would like to think that. We can still be black. We can still love our people and date outside of our race. And that goes for all races as well. We can all love each other um, and have sexual preferences if that's what it comes down to. Because sometimes it comes down to like, you know, you know, you're in a rave or wherever you are, you see a girl that looks hot and you think, yeah, okay, I, I would definitely, you know what I mean? And then you end up getting into a relationship with her. But it all stems from you being sexually attracted yeah, to that her. Yeah, that place. initial uh, lust. That's what I was talking about. Mm. That, that animalistic thing of... yeah. Like, you don't even sense it. I'm sniffing, but, like, you don't even sense it. Like, you, I'm not smelling them like they smell good, but you just... Sniffing them, Madonna's knickers. Oh, <laughs> them hormones and pheromones and all that. And, you know, you pick up on these things and, yeah. like, you'll just turn your head and there's certain girls and certain fellas that will make people's heads turn and it's it's what you are initially attracted to. And some people don't have a type. Maybe you outgrow your type. Maybe that maybe that's just a young thing. But I've mm. always, I've always had a type and we will always have a type. I'm 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 with Ray Shremmers in them. 
Um, man's got man's got loads of types. Hey, there's one man. Who, <laughs> there's one man who hasn't got any types, and that is the legendary Grease God. Man like Robert Kelly. Man oh, like R. Kelly. The villain. Man like Kells in the news recently where he's keeping these women trapped in the closet for real. Disgusting. He's on some fritzel business. Reports of Robert Kelly is the leader of an abusive cult who's holding women hostage. Kells, uh, an alleged hen mother, trained newcomers on how to sexually please him. Um, it's been reported that he's been keeping a few women in his homes in Atlanta and Chicago. Wow. Um, some aspiring singers and actresses and he's basically keeping them in the house as slaves um now we've been reading up on this um tmz has been covering this about um how this young lady <coughs> excuse me this I young think, this young lady a, is being held against the, her will um there was a really in-depth um article from buzzfeed yep um and that yeah they they covered a lot on this story um and uh, it wasn't just the one lady. There, there was a number of them. There was about six of them. Mm. Um, all in different houses. Really flipping weird, man. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, are trying to defend it and saying, you know, he's no different to like Hugh Hefner. Um, you know, they're all running these weird kind of sex cults. And it's just because he's black. That's why it's getting pushed by the media. I, I don't witch believe that narrative at all. I think he is actually a very dangerous guy to women. He's got a history of this weird shit. You know, he married Aaliyah when she was like 14. You know, he, there's that video where, where, you know, where he was pissing on some underage girl. I mean, he went to court. He bust the case. Bust the case wide open. So mm. technically, but there's no that, smoke Technically, he's fire. not guilty of that, yeah, right? Yeah, but OJ Simpson, OJ Simpson was technically not guilty of murdering his wife and uh, her lover. But we all know he did it. Come on. Well, I mean, we're going to talk. OJ's hey, OJ's out on road as well. OJ's back. Hey, Jay Z, watch out, man. Jay, he's coming for you, Jika. We all know OJ Simpson murked both of them, bruv. Come on, but he was he was seen as not guilty but it's mm. clear as day he murdered them both but so he was legally not guilty yeah but in god you know we all know brother he's going to hell for what he did but robert kelly man like kills man like ignition done where there's no smoke fire but you could argue cal that these women were kept in these houses where they're recording and putting in musical work and they're not they're not they're not blowing up they're not they're not progressing and there's and they're, and they're stuck in a contract and there's no way out so then they're making up these stories, these allegations, because some of them are saying, oh, it's, it's, it's free will, like, we want to stay here. So yeah. you've got to hear two sides to every story. This is it. Uh, okay, so in the BuzzFeed article, um, and uh, I know some people are thinking BuzzFeed, well, what's BuzzFeed? But, you know, they've written a very comprehensive article here. It's been picked up by The Independent and by the BBC. And they both, uh, you know, quote BuzzFeed as their source. Yeah, The Guardian so, as well, yeah. There you go. So, you know, and what they're saying is, you know, it, it, it appears that there's there's allegations from the parents, or the parents of these young women. Um, so, I mean, let's be clear. They are they are adults. They are women, right? Yeah. They have knowingly taken themselves into this situation. So, there's that. You know what I mean? Well, They've knowingly recent, taken themselves into this there's situation. There's a recent allegation. One of the women, I'll have, I'll have a look on. There was a video uh, with uh, one Savage, of them. A surname Savage. How fitting. But she's saying her dad, initially, excuse me, she was saying her dad 
sent her there to sort of and condoned it because he wanted her to sort of to blow up and do well. And then so he's encouraged his daughter to crack. Well, on yeah, in but he's career. he's saying no, no, no. And then what I think is happening is that uh, they're not progressing at the rate they would like, um, and therefore they're coming up with all these all these allegations. So it'd be interesting to see how it mm. how it pans out. That's an interesting theory. I haven't heard that one before. So basically, that one's saying that the parents could just be salty that these their their children they promise bare things and it's um, not it's not happening aren't really blowing up and maybe okay Kelly's not putting any money into them maybe he's just having sex with them maybe you know what I mean he, it well, was how, just a, is, a, is he a having lure. sex with them well the allegations are that he's running some sort of a, a sex cult uh the women are locked up in places uh against their will um and you know, there's like you said, there's a madam called Kells or something <laughs> who's training these women on how to sexually please uh, R. Kelly, and the women are they they're denied certain freedoms. They're not allowed to go anywhere. They're not they're they're being ordered about and told what to wear and what to eat and what to do. Um, and one of them made a video, uh, where she came out and she said, you know, I'm just addressing everything. I want to clear everything up. You know, I'm not being brainwashed. I'm not in some kind of a cult. Uh, I have free will. And then yeah. the interviewer kept asking <clears throat> questions. And when the interviewer got to the really juicy questions, like, are you free to go? She she was like, oh, I'm not answering that question. It was like, oh, uh, can you talk to the other girls? In it? Oh, I'm not answering that question. It was like, just really weird. And then she kind of kept looking off camera, like almost as though she was looking for approval from someone standing behind the yeah, camera. Yeah, it yeah. was weird. I'm telling you, if you look Bruv. if you look at this stuff, if you do your research, read that BuzzFeed article, watch the video, make your own mind up and let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Insta, hit us up on Facebook, at Beer Rap Bants. R. Kelly, what do you think? Is he suspect? Is he a victim of racism from uh, white supremacy in the from media? The media yeah. Um, or, He's just saying know, his ticket sales. Just saying the ticket sales have surged up for his latest tour. So some, he must be doing something right. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, R. Kelly. He must be chopping, making mad loot. Bruv, he's always been making peas, man. He's like one of the greatest singer-songwriters of the modern generation. Someone else who's always been making mad peas, Chris Evans. Yes. The BBC recently published their top earners of the year and to much astoundment and sort of shock, the BBC is paying big peas, big guap. Chris Evans, a massive £2.5 million pounds for the Ginger Ninja, the Ginger Don. And then we've got... Which what was that for? For Top Gear or something? Uh, yeah, and then also for Radio... He's on BBC Radio 2. Yeah, he's got a breakfast show on BBC Radio 2. Um, but what also raised uh, a lot of uh, conflict was not only that he was earning two and a half million pounds sterling, but that the gap between the men and the women at the BBC was so wide. So the highest earner for women was Claudia Winkleman. Big up Winks, Winkles. Shout out Winkle. 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 It's the Winkle guy. Winkle girl. <laughs> Don't see your ends and Winkle girls. Make your whole pussy sprinkle girl. That's <laughs> oh, a bit greasy in it, so. Grease. Grease. Um, she's, she's earning half a million. Only five. Well, I say only. I'd love to be earning that. I'd love to be earning a flipping half of a half. I'd love to be earning a half of a half of a half. I'll take that. What's that an eight? <laughs> yeah. Um, Put that in some tobacco, bruv. Smoke that. Smoke that up. 
Light that shit. Smoke it. You doing any method, man? Smoke that shit. Light that, that shit. shit. Smoke, Smoke it. it. <laughs> Jeez, method, man. Um, so she's earning half a million. I, I think I'm going to do some method, man. You know? Sick. Uh, True Love. It's a good record off the Takao 2000 album. Probably the best record off the second album. Anyway. He's earning like 2.25, 2.5 mil. Winkleman's earning 500,000. There was massive outroar that there was no uh, uh, Asian or Afro-Caribbean presenters on any pay scale at all like that. Uh, so people of colour weren't earning with the BBC. Who is this Winkleman? Is she just like a presenter? Or? She's just some crackhead, bruv. Look at her, man. She don't like... Look. Damn, homie. She looks like she's been on the pipe. She's on the Wesley pipe. She reckon she dates black guys. Yeah. Yeah. She's dabbled. B- uh, BBC Christmas party. Yeah. She's probably she, had it. She, look, she looks like she'll Reggie smash Yates. a black guy, but the, like, she'll try to keep it on the down low. Like, you know, she'll it? Yeah. gobble it up. <laughs> Scumbag. Line a coke off his dick. <laughs> In the BBC fucking cloakroom. Uh, I wrote a tune about that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What, doing coke off your things? Yeah. Hey, listen. It's a lot, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on swiftly. So yeah, BBC was under a lot of fire. Um, However, they did get a lot of praise as well. So although they got absolutely chastised and berated for what they're paying, people like Gary Lineker, Alan Shearer, uh, Chris Evans and Claudia Winkleman, they recently released Who is the Latest Doctor Who. Are you a Doctor Who fan? No. Were you ever a Doctor Who fan? Never. I don't give a rat's ass but i appreciate that it's important it's one of the most famous exports from the uk it's a famous brand um and it's loved it's beloved by the people of the world not even just the people on these islands man it's, 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 it is oh, it's, a beloved yeah. tv show it's so i've got respect for it yeah you gotta res- put, put some respect on the name oh hell yeah so i used to be as a child it was pretty deep the theme music was uh, was amazing um but now the new Doctor Who, for the first time ever, is a woman. Jodie Whittaker, who you might have known from her episode in Black Mirror. Go on, Jodie. Where she gets, uh, she's like living the memory of people through like uh, her like eyes, like some memory chip thing or something like that. Oh, is that her? Yeah, she's getting, but oh. she, there was more. She was the one that kept laughing um, at some, some, there was like some random guy from her past that popped up think so she was like with uh, her boyfriend at the time they were having dinner at their house and this like ex-boyfriend or whatever she was lying about how long they were together and stuff like that that was a really cool episode yeah black Black mirror is amazing man but doctor who which probably black mirror has obviously been inspired by such classics as um the twilight zone and doctor who uh the new uh doctor the 13th time lord time lord is a top name in it i am the time lord uh, <laughs> it just sounds corny. <laughs> time Lord is a is a bad I boy am name. The time Lord. You put it Fuck on your out. CV. You put <laughs> you put a uh, uh, car warehouse, Subway, Tesco's, Time Lord. Don't you think? <sighs> Bro, you need some crickets for that. That was dead. That was funny, man. That was waste. Your waste. You're a fucking cricket. That was probably the first swear word of the show. No, I've been swearing a little bit, maybe. Yeah, I used the C word. All right, fair enough. I didn't notice you just kind of fired them off so naturally, man. Well, yeah, I do need. Yeah, I do swear a bit. I blame it on Andrew. Do you swear in front of your kids? (laughs) No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Under my breath, I do. (laughs) 
You fucking idiot. <laughs> fucking dickhead. <laughs> We're fucked. Uh, I'm dying. If I you're the future, <laughs> if you're the future, little Timmy, we are fucked. <laughs> you little shitbag. Oh, man. Nah, man. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, the Sun and the Mail Online showing their class once again by posting nude photos of the star, the new Doctor Who, trying to expose her. Uh, it was shocking. I mean, I saw the. the you kind of, you kind of have to have a look, innit? It's like you, you, you're curious. Do you, and you think, what? Do you have to have a look? Yeah, because you, you're curious. Because you're a pervert. As soon as you, as, yeah, I am. I'm not gonna lie to you. I am, uh, but I'm a good pervert. Like I'm not gonna be kind of <laughs> like undressing women with their eyes with my eyes in public and stuff like that but you know if i so happen to be scrolling on the internet and then i come across some random article that says oh the new doctor who has new photos i'm gonna be like let's have a look but to be honest with you the news is about yeah i kind of felt bad after looking at it because i thought you know like she's an actress she's a professional She's been given a role. There's nudity in the role. She's gone and done the role. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. what they've done is they've basically just screenshotted from the movie and printed that in the paper. I think that's just shameful. Talking about nudity in the role, everyone was talking about it. And even if you don't like it, you were talking about it. Power, season oh, four. I'm moving my arm so excited. Because the only thing I like about Power was the fact that Lala got naked. Bitties out, and she the was the moment we've all been waiting and for. And she was beating the white guy as well. So yeah, more kudos, <laughs> brat, brat. Yeah, I was, that was like, yes, <laughs> it's possible. Hey, she's you know laying as well. She's buff. Lala she's is so buff. And the thing is, her booty is ridiculous. And her tits man. and all that. And up, oh. We're getting a bit pervy, sorry, but yeah. You know what though? Talking I was, about I naked was... roles, but they all have to sign <laughs> a uh, a um, sort of a nudity clause in their contract. So oh, at it? some point they have to expect to get naked because there's a lot of nudity in power. It is. I think it's a big part of the show. Well, it's, the only, it's one of the nudity. only selling points because the rest of the thing is... Ah, uh, you're a waste, man. So you're actually watching it no, even said, though you think no, it's washed. I stopped watching it in like season two because it's so whack. But I just see that scene with her and him and I was just like, might have to give it another He's go. beat twice now, you know. Uh, he's dating. Tommy is killing it. He's a goon, man. He is a goon. No always mean. keep a white goon feels, around you. Feels like he's from the ends. He is from the ends. Well, not from Irons, but he's from like wherever they are in New York. Yeah, yeah. Irish, Irish American type of Yeah, goon. them, them mad um, man. Talking about goons and from the ends, shout out to a uh, man like ours. He just got released from jail. He's fresh out the bing. Wow. <laughs> Special guest, maybe. Dude just hit me up on Facebook, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just out of jail. I'm like, okay. Hit you up on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> but big yourself up, though, man. Does he listen? I have no idea, fam. Better be nice than in it, just in case. Man, no, shout out, man. Big up, big up, big up. He was in my my music videos back in the day. Was he? I big him up. Yeah. Big up all the listeners. Listen, we really appreciate everyone listening, everyone persevering. It's beer rap and banner episode eleven. You know, big number eleven. Um, the banner has been up and down today, obviously, but we've been t- touching on a lot of uh, topical issues. Make sure you hit us up, Ings Lt. Beer Rap Bants, make sure you subscribe. We really, really, really need people to subscribe to the SoundCloud. Please. To subscribe to the iTunes. Please. We're now on TuneIn. Yes. We're also on Stitcher. Yes. If you've got uh, Android. Yeah. SA Plus and all these mad all devices. That, all that good stuff. All of that, all of that. You can now listen to us. So please go tell a friend. We're not only dropping banter, we're dropping knowledge. We've got some guests coming up real yeah, soon man. that we're excited about. Yeah, all of that. We're having a drink. We've covered a lot of topics today, Cal. We've kept it We've gone over our typical do. hour. Well, I think we had a lot to talk about, so it was only right. Um, 
one last thing I wouldn't mind talking about. Go though. on then. Um, do you remember last last time out we were talking about um, these flipping restaurants where they've got all kinds of mad shit. Feces, in the ice, fecal yeah. matter. Well, it's like ice. it was uh... in the machines. I think it was in a frappuccino machine or something in Starbucks. Yeah. Rav, there's only flipping more reports of that thing going on in the UK. Undercover investigation finds fecal bacteria in ice at McDonald's, KFC, and Burger King. Bum, bum, bum. It was a BBC undercover investigation. Ooh. Varying levels of this mad bacteria. All kinds of crazy bacteria in the ice. You know, um, we've got Tony Lewis, the head of policy and education at the Chartered Institute of Environmental Health, commenting on these findings. Uh, and he says, you know... It's a real shitty situation. Yep. <laughs> he says, uh, hold the frappuccino. It looks more like a crappuccino. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just think it's absolutely disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be careful where you're eating these days. Well, bro. like Jay Huss said... I like my Fanta with no ice. Hey. So you have to be careful. Some people don't have ice in their drink. Me, when I go to the bar and I order a drink, I make sure I only have one ice cube at the max. And that's not, well, just, that's just, just one ice cube. Quick disclaimer from KFC. They've said, uh, <laughs> they've said they've shut down the ice machines at the affected restaurants and they've inspected and cleaned ice machines in all of its other locations across the UK. This is according to a spokesperson from the company. Uh, so, just be careful well, people know that you shouldn't get ice in your drink because you get more drink in your cup when you put ice in it you yeah. get less drink just so really them, no ice just tell them no ice tell them Fanta with no ice big up J-Hus big up this whole Afrobeats movement yeah. so yeah you wanted to throw that one in so we good to wrap it up yeah, I'm, def- I'm good to wrap this up like a kebab fam Jeez, wrap this up like a chocolate wrapper uh, that was me <laughs> That was sticking my tongue in the chocolate wrapper. Whoa! Oh, my days. Says she want to lick the wrapper. Who just said that? Lil wrap Wayne. This, wrap this up like a Christmas present. <sighs> Boo. I think if they made a rap film about Little Wayne, that would be pretty monumental. I don't know about monumental. It might be like... Arguably. It might be kind of like watching a crap TV show. <laughs> you know one of those ones where you don't know why you're watching Meet it, the Wheezies. Can you it? imagine like a like a like a proper all American program called like Meet the Wheezies and he comes through the door and he's like and he, but his voice is constantly on auto tune as he's talking. <laughs> and like the fake audience gives him like the canned laughter and the canned clapping. <laughs> and he's got like <laughs> he's buzzing because he's been drinking too much fucking codeine and Sprite and smoking like fat Sipping that perp. Perp perp. Sipping that lean. Bruv. Hey, I'm leaning to one side. I'm being. Bro, you're looking waved. Max, it's all in the eyes, man. Max, Max B waved. Wave card. Anyway, episode eleven. Yeah. Can't even think of any footballers. Off I was the, just off thinking. Wait, uh, Ronaldinho. Gareth Bale. Don't try and search. That's cheating. Oh. Romario. No. Eleven. Glenn Helder. No, you're reaching now. Viltord. Yeah. Yeah, well, you got me on that one. Top boy, Epi- he won all kinds of stuff with that number in his back. I'm sure there's a bag of 11s. Anyway, episode 11, beer rap and banner. Yeah. Race is not an issue. It's not. Love. Lo- love is the issue. Love conquers all. Love conquers all. Love's the only one. I didn't even get to talk about Game of Thrones. Is Game of Thrones possibly the greatest of all time? No. We're going to talk about that in the next episode. It isn't. We don't need to talk about we're gonna it in talk the next about, episode. We're going to talk about the box set. I'm signing <laughs> off. We're not talking about the box set. I'm signing off. Shut up, man. It's dead at Ings, Ings LT. <laughs> Fuck Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh! 
bit unsubscribes. <laughs> Just because you're the only one who don't watch it, bruv. Hey, I watch Power, bang, bang. Oh, bruv, Power, oh, listeners, this, when you see Cow on social media or anything, just slew him now. Shut your mouth, bro. Slew you how your flow ain't worth £100. Game of Thrones, dead power. Hey, did you see Louis Theroux slewing that Addison Lee guy? No, he didn't slew it. He was bigging it up. He wasn't bigging it up. He said something like, your vocabulary is limited or... or this is coming from dead. a fucking postgraduate like Louis Theroux against some little Afrobeat kid called it Notes. still firing shots. That was hilarious. Yeah, but what would you rather listen to in the club? Addison Lee remix or Louis Theroux? Denzel Curry. Ping. I am the one, the one, you don't need a gun. Or would you rather hear painting called Madison? Nah. Jumping my Addison you mean like Curry Ultimate. There's no time, no time to waste. I got my yard free. And we're having a little clash now. Anyway, I'm signing off. Ings LT, Beer Rap Banner, Beer Rap Bants. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share it. Over an hour episode now. And plus the audio, so you know we're stretching it. Stretch it. Why do you keep talking, man? We out. Peace.